Kia this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Good evening and welcome to the first of the Wellington Pride radio shows or lesbian radio show meets Wellington Pride um, on Access Radio. So it's great to have you here with us this evening for our first um, show of three shows that we've got over the Wellington Pride fortnight. Um, And happy Wellington Pride. We've started, which is really exciting. So there's already been some great events and loads more coming up over the next probably about 10 days left, maybe even more than that. Um, But yet plenty coming up still on Wellington Pride. And kind of what better way to start than Diana Ross, I'm coming out, mixing with a bit of Queen beforehand. So um, we had some interesting music combinations there. But I have to say I've gone completely uh, pride tacky for tonight's show in terms of the tracks that um, I've chosen. But luckily we do have some other people with us in the studio who've probably made some classier 
music choices than I've made for tonight's show. Um, so what we'll be doing this evening is uh, talking about what's still coming up in the festival, um, highlighting to you kind of what you might want to get out there and see. But we've got two great guests in the, in the studio this evening as well. Um, we have Laquisha and Jen. Good evening. Hi, so nice to be here. Now, would each of you like to just introduce yourself? Because I'm sure lots of our listeners will know um, who you are, but then we'll, lots won't. We've got lots of new listeners this evening. So could you just tell us a bit about who you are and kind of why you've come along to talk to us this evening? Well, ladies first, Laquisha. Hi, I'm Laquisha St. Redfern. Um, <clears throat> I'm a high-profile personality in Wellington, New Zealand, and I just love attention, like my lungs love oxygen. And here we are. That's a great reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, and hi, I'm uh, Hugo Girl. I'm a drag king and event producer. Um, and I'm I too I too love attention. Isn't attention great? What other reason do we do drag other than for uh, you know adoration and free drinks? Totally, and photographic opportunities. Mm-hmm. I was in Auckland Pride last weekend or the weekend before, and I just forgot how many photos people want to take with a drag queen on Ponsonby Road. I was like, oh, the paparazzi. But you loved it. I was really careful when I got out of the car so that I didn't end up in one of those Paris Hilton situations. Oh. You just keep your knees together (laughs) and swivel out. (laughs) Pro tips, pro tips on uh, uh, car exiting uh, etiquette from LaQuisha Sam Redfern, everyone. Write it down. I feel like Paris Paris Hilton is probably somehow related to Donald Trump. I don't know how. I just feel like there's a connection. (laughs) (laughs) It's all that prep that you put into it as well is what I'm hearing. The getting out of the car, I mean, in terms yeah. of the practice that's gone into to your performances. I have watched hours of Princess Diana videos, videotapes, <laughs> to watch how to get out of a car or a carriage. Well, it's fabulous to have you here, however you've arrived. I do like to think that it was a carriage, though, this evening. Um, both of you have got lots going on in the festival or things going on in the festival. Um, and the Pride Festival totally is really community-driven, as we know, and it totally relies on people putting on events for other people in the community or wider people in Wellington to to come and enjoy those events. So we know that it's hard work putting those things on, enjoyable, but lots of work. And so that's one of the great things about the Wellington Pride Festival is it's really kind of community-grown. So uh, we'll start with you first of all, Jen. What what have you got going on over the the couple of weeks? Because I know that you've... Yeah, you've got lots of shows happening, haven't you? Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So I run them under the name Hugo Girl. In case yep. anyone accidentally winds up looking for um, uh, uh, some event manager called Jean. Okay. Yeah, so I, I work in association with the Fringe Bar. Um, I'm an event producer by trade, and I'm running six gigs over the next over the next ten days. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a great time. I freaking Pride is a magical happy time of year. I'm really really looking forward to it. Um, six shows in two weeks. That's that's a lot. It's um, it's not as insane as it sounds. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my favourites um are the Ruby Slipper Review, which is a, a glittering and gay variety show for all the friends of Dorothy. If we're being <laughs> being technical and formal about it, but it's a fundraiser show for Transform, local, insanely deserving um charity for queer youth in Wellington. Um, if you go to anything, please make it to that. It's at eight pm this Friday at the Fringe Bar. Great. And um, so is there a there is a there's a fee for that one because it's a fundraiser? Yes, yes there is. Yep. Um so um uh twenty bucks. Great. Yep. Can you do that on the door? Can people uh, yeah, so fifteen dollars pre sales. So okay. if you if you get in and book your tickets early, yep. there's a yep. bit of an incentive. Um and yeah, twenty bucks on the door and we have um some amazing local Wellington talent from all over the cabaret spectrum donating their time. Um in pursuit of this wonderful cause. So, um, yeah, please get along to that if if you get along to anything. Oh, that sounds fantastic. So, again, is that a new, then, show that you've produced for The Pride? Or is it, I mean, yeah, can you tell us a bit about that? Is it is it totally brand new, then? Um, uh, we ran it for the first time in Pride last year. Okay, great. Yeah, so I think it'll, I'll just run it um, annually because it's, it's always lovely to run fundraisers in Pride because yeah. the spirit is there, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fabulous. So that's just one of your six events. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I think it's six. We'll see. We'll oh, keep, not, we... We're not going to test you yeah. on that, <laughs> so what would you be? What, what's your next kind of favourite one that you'd say to people? I know you want people to come to everything, but it's people just not feasible. <laughs> if people could only come to one, what would be the next one that you would say? Uh, Naked Girls to... Reading the Pride Edition. <gasps> wow. Yes. yes. Oh my God, Becky. So that is my 
damn near my favourite show to run in the whole wide world. So I emcee it as well as produce it. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It is completely naked women reading literature aloud. It's on this Saturday at the Fringe Bar at 8pm. It's also 20 bucks. We have talent from coming over all over New Zealand. So we've got Pauliane Pena, who is, um, she self-describes as a five-foot Filipino woman who is seven months pregnant. Um, we have Medulla Oblongata coming down from, yes, Laquisha gasps. We have Medulla Oblongata coming down from Auckland, who is a non-binary drag performer. And then also Clarissa Chandrahasan, who's a uh, local um, Wellingtonian. I, I love Naked Girls Reading, but obviously this, this time around we're going to be reading queer literature and having big anarchic yarns about um, gender and you know, oh, fantastic. Just having a big cry about our feelings, basically. It's going to be great. Oh, that sounds great. Okay, that, that's that's brilliant. And again, that takes a bit of organ. So you're you're the organiser of that? You pull all of those performances together for that for that show? Or? Yeah, that's my jam. Yeah. Okay. So I've been to the last two Naked Girl readings, and I have to say that they um, offer a theatre experience that is um, unusual in Wellington. I would define the feelings that I had while watching the show is transcendent. It was just extraordinary because in our society, the kind of dominant hegemony... Hegemonic? That's the one. Basically, naked women are used to sell cars and (laughs) right? Like, there's a real problem with objectification um, of women in our current society. And so you've been presented with this one thing that we've all been trained treacherously by the accursed advertising industry, which I used to work in and now I spit on. (laughs) Um, But it's really cerebral. They're talking, they're reading books that are, you know, about the mind. And so there's this amazing thing that happens where um, all of that baggage of objectification goes away and, and you're just seeing these amazing entities um, You're seeing them for who they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's just extraordinary. I, I couldn't recommend that one more, personally. Yeah, there's something strange which happens when people first hear the phrase naked girls reading because it seems like those words shouldn't go together mm-hmm. because you're right, when we see naked women in media, they are almost always portrayed in such exploitative and patriarchal contexts. Um, but it turns out that you can actually be slutty and smart at the mm-hmm. same time. And so, yeah, people sort of think that it's anti-feminist somehow to be naked. Mm. But in a world that codifies the behaviour of women and especially, you know, you know, so heavily restricts what you're allowed mm-hmm. to do with a female body, I think there's nothing more punk rock than getting your kid off and, and Absolutely. reading some literature. <laughs> I think it also kind of picks at another thing in New Zealand society. So... Um, New Zealand, you know, I've, I've been to some other countries in my life, and New Zealanders, especially Pākehā New Zealand, are very shy about their bodies. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's just naked people reading is amazing um, for me. I'm like, oh, God, what a relief. You're just naked. It's fine. This is what people look like. And the other thing that it does um, is it kind of disrupts the, um, you know, that kind of cookie-cutter, um, image of femininity that, that is presented in the media. You know, a certain, a certain body type is always on the catwalk. A certain body type is always winning Miss Universe. And you see, um, actually, this is what the people in my community look like naked. And it really, it's really good for me. I'm like, oh right, yeah. I, because I was just talking today, actually, with someone about the kind of pressures that are put on people um, to look a certain way um, and to actually be confronted with the actual reality of how human beings look. It's just a delight. And, yeah, That's awesome. Really well put, yeah. And the bravery is kind of infectious, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, other people, imperfect. Everyone's imperfect. I love it, yeah. Um, and uh, and as you said, uh, this um, it, you mentioned this isn't your first... Um, this isn't your f- the first time that you've done this show. So no. this is a show that you do regularly, um, and then you're doing a particular Pride edition for it. Yeah, so every edition is themed, and uh, obviously this one's Pride, but this year coming up we have sort of like the Feminist Propaganda edition and the Religion edition and Crime and Punishment. So, yeah, and it's been running for maybe like nine months now. 
Fantastic. Well, well, that'll encourage people to keep an eye out for it after the festival as well. So thank you. Now, while we're um, chatting with you, Jen, you have chosen a track for us to play, so we'll, we'll play that track now. So can you introduce the, the song that you've chosen for us to play this evening? Uh, yeah, it's called LGBT by Cupcake, and um, I have been absolutely smashing it. And Karen, you asked if I was if there were any particularly gay music that I liked, and of course there's lots, but this is the, the current fave. Okay, great. So uh, this is LGBT by Cupcake. Stand 
was a track that we all recognised, um, Tainted Love by Soft Cell. Well, hopefully we did. And then before that, we had uh, LGBT uh, by Cupcake. Where did you discover that track, Jim? Is there a history to that? The magical place that is the internet. Ah, just a random find. Yep, just totally flukish. Great, thanks very much for that. Now we've got some uh, more guests who've come into the studio for us this evening, which is great to tell us about another event that's happening this weekend as part of the Wellington Pride Festival. So welcome to Alison. Good evening. Yeah, thank you. So thanks for coming along this evening. So I know that you are involved or you've come to tell us about the Lesbian Overland um, and Cafe Club and particularly the walk that you're doing this Sunday because you'll be doing that as part of the festival events and it's in the programme. So could you yeah, tell us what's going to be happening on Sunday? Yeah, well, I, I'll start by saying something about the uh, Lesbian Overland yeah. and Cafe Club, uh, which runs regular walks and if people are interested in going on lesbian walks, then information is usually available on the Wellington Lesbian Community radio programme, so you can catch up on those events uh, here, or uh, looking at the Wellington Lesbian site. So there are regular walks and they do different things. But because this is uh, Pride Week, they asked me if I would do this, and uh, in fact, <clears throat> Uh, I've been doing these walks, but not uh, but g- general lesbian gay walks. Uh, yeah, well, I think uh, Hugh Young and I started them over 20 years ago. Uh, and uh, But now Gareth Wat- Watkins is doing those and using a, an electronic uh, thing and, and using our information, uh, which he's crediting us for. So that's good that he's doing the general ones. Uh, is this the walks during the festival that Gareth yeah. is doing? Ah, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. They, uh, he did one of those on Saturday. Yes. Um, and I think it was, yeah, it was re- really well received. So and there's another chance to go um, this Saturday coming up as well. He's <coughs> running another one. I think they start at about one o'clock um, mm. down the waterfront. And you're right, yeah, a great kind of walk around China showing some of the kind of yeah, queer history a, around. Well, the... that's a longer walk, okay. yes, and, uh, and looks at, uh, you know, gay sites, of which there are many. Uh, so the Lesbian uh, Overland and Cafe Club asked me if I would do a lesbian one. Uh, so that's what we'll be doing on Sunday, and we meet at 10 o'clock outside the Wellington Railway Station, and um, I'll be looking at lesbian sites, and these are either sites where there were clubs and meeting spots, but also uh, places where interesting historical lesbians, or because we need to be historically accurate, we should say women who were in some sort of same-sex relationship. Uh, we don't really know what they would have called themselves uh, at that time. So uh, some historians say it's not at all accurate to go calling them all lesbians. Okay. So Catherine Mansfield, we won't call her a lesbian, and we won't even call her bisexual because she didn't use these terms for herself. In fact, she does seem to have thought of herself as, as suffering from a terrible affliction. She uses that term. Um, yeah, but the sites in Wellington which are associated with her, there are many, but the particular site I think is very interesting is the Thistle Inn because that is where um, she wrote about an encounter she had with Marta, who was one of her very strong loves Mm. during her time in Wellington between the ages of 18 and 20, and uh, actually she was uh, having a relationship at the same time with Edith Kathleen Bendel, and she wrote about their encounters at the Days Bay, uh, at the Days Bay Batch. Uh, and so uh, there's interesting, interesting things that she herself wrote. So it's difficult for those who are in denial to deny that she was mm, having mm. quite passionate uh, relationships, uh, and especially when she talks about, with you I'm... A man, woman, and, and and more than half man, uh, she writes about the encounter. Uh, so clearly, this is a physical um, 
a physical one. So we'll be looking at the Thistle Inn. And then some other sites with interesting people like uh, Bessie Jerome Spencer, who founded the Country Women's Institute. This is also not something that the Country Women's Institute necessarily is uh, very interested in, in having spoken about so publicly uh-huh. about yep. her lengthy relationship uh, uh, with, uh, with her partner, um, yeah, Mrs. Large, and uh, yeah, so there's a number of interesting places uh, and associations that, uh, yeah. So what would, uh, during the walk, what would you say is the most kind of historic place that you, or furthest back you kind of talk about in terms of history? Oh, probably, yeah, in terms of that kind of history, we uh, probably, um, the pollen Homestead, which now is uh, now is a uh, it's that interesting old house that now is uh, a uh, yeah the doctor's okay. bar yeah that was the Pollen Homestead and that's where Effie Pollen lived with her parents. Uh, she's actually buried at Karori, um with them, uh, which is sad. Uh, yeah, and of course she was the long-term lover of Ursula Bethel who's buried uh, in her family graveyard in Rangiora. I think it's rather sad that they couldn't be buried together, especially since uh, Ursula had written a poem about the pollen gravestead uh, when she and Effie had visited it. So while you sound hugely knowledgeable about all of these people and places. So you're leading the walk on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So you'll and be then we'll also as talking... well as, as well as yeah, <clears throat> as well as talking about some of these people, we'll be visiting pla- looking okay. at places okay. like the sites of all the uh, lesbian clubs in Wellington. The first one, uh, which was started in December 1973, which is uh, Club 41 in oh, in I've Vivian Street. Yeah, and various, lots of other clubs which came subsequently. So we'll be looking at some of those sites. We'll start at the railway station um, and visit uh, various places, and we will end at the statue of Queen Victoria, which was the the subject of a a good uh, lesbian feminist action uh, back in the 70s with the hanging signs on her. So if people do want to come along, they could just meet you at the train station? They just or? meet outside the train station okay. at 10 o'clock. And it will take, a, you know, a couple of hours, so wear good footwear because it's walking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And yeah. how yeah. will people know it's you? Will you have a, anything to show that you're there for the, a Pride event? I think we'll have They'll a just rainbow flag or something. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I think we'll be pretty, un, you know... They'll Pretty see. obvious, they'll see. Okay. Well, that does yeah. sound a great. So thank you for putting that on and, and during the Pride Week. And you did say, so as a group, there are walks throughout the year as well, There's aren't there? So people the can find out more about your group if they want to, if they can't make that walk but would like to come along to, to other walks. Indeed. And other walks, uh, different people lead them. And, uh, yeah, they do all sorts of things, like maybe do the... You know that Island Bay walkway, or you know they've done walks. uh, Yeah, take trains out to Kapiti and do walks there. There's they do lots of different walks, Mm -hmm. and the idea is that after the walk you go, you know, you have some coffee. That's always (laughs) a great incentive and cake. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and also we know we will have more listeners listening to these shows that don't necessarily listen to the lesbian radio show at other times. So um, actually, you know, it's just great that they can hear about these, you know, groups like yours that they can come along to. And actually walking group, a great way of meeting new people, you know, where it's not in a bar or you're not just sat around yeah. the ta- uh, dinner table and things like that. But actually it's much easier to talk and walk and meet new people on, on those kind of on walks, it is indeed, and in fact, there are uh, lesbian walking groups really um, throughout, well, throughout Europe and yeah, America. There's, it's it's a very popular kind of activity. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming yeah. and uh, and telling us about this Sunday. I hope you have a great time, and I hope the weather stays good for you as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, we're going to be tr- playing a track now by um, Sophie Ellis Baxter.
Sophie Ellis Baxter there with Unrequited Love. Um, I did forget to give the phone number out, actually, because we are um, live on Access Radio this evening. And so if you uh, would like to give us a call in the studio to speak to um, uh, any of the, the guests that we still have in the studio this evening. So um, the uh, Alison from the Lesbian Overland Club has had to leave, uh, but we do still have Jen and Laquisha with us. So if you would like to get in touch and ask them any questions, please do. We're on 385-8783. Yeah, call us up. Demand yeah. to go on dates with us. I, I can do an agony aunt. But oh, that would be great. Yeah, totally. Ask us for sex advice. We're terrible at that. Oh, my God, yes, Becky. I don't, <laughs> I don't know who Becky is. Sorry. But, yeah, the Agony Art, we could do that next next Pride Festival. Yeah, yeah. Fabulous. Now, tell us what you're doing this Pride Festival, though, because you've got um, uh, a lovely event, I think, that you're involved with. So tell us more about that. Right. So um, we actually had the first one last Saturday at the Wellington City Library. Um, in the children's area, and it is drag queens reading. So, um, yeah, we I had some children's books, and there were many children. And it turns out that a group of um, under nine-year-olds is pretty much like a gay bar. They're all rowdy, <laughs> and they'll just tell you exactly what you think, what they think. They'll just say it. They'll just say it. So, how many did you have there? Do you think roughly, like just to get a well, feel of what it was? It was in the library. Yeah, it was pretty full. The um, librarians uh, said that maybe there were like seventy people there. Wow. Yeah, which seemed I didn't feel like there were that many, but I think there were a lot of people around the corner as well. 
Yeah. Okay. So that's a okay. That's yeah. That's a great, big turnout to be reading too. Yeah. Of when it's children as well. So yeah. Well, you know, like I've done some test runs on my friends' kids. Yeah. Hey Cynthia. <laughs> hey Joe. Those are the those are the moms. Okay. I love reading kids' books. It's great because you know, there's um kind of aspects of drag that kids really respond well to, and one is kind of the over exaggeration of emotion, mm. and they they really dig that. And then the crazy costumes as well, like, you know, in fact, when I was putting my look together, I was like, what would the Wiggles wear? And I'm like, they would choose one colour and they would just rock it. So I was just pink. And I'm going to wear the same outfit next time. Oh, you are? Because... Yeah, um, because I, that's what the Wiggles would do. Well, I wasn't there on the day, but now that you've said that, I can see the, where the inspiration came from, because I saw photos of you there and you looked fabulous. Yeah, I'm the pink Wiggle. So how often does it happen? Um, so we're doing it again, so twice, this Pride um, doing it again on Saturday, um, Central Library, Wellington Central Library at 10.30 a.m. And um, I so think you should do it every week forever. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it must be exhausting, yeah. I think. That um, sort of time commitment is getting too close to parenting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like I kind of like surrogate. Um, what, do you, what do you call it when you like live your life through someone else? That thing. Live vicariously. Yeah, yep. I live vicariously through my ch- friend's children. Yeah. yeah. I'm on the journey with them, but then I get to go home with my cat. So you had a great turnout on Saturday. What books did you read? And yeah, what books did you read? Okay, um, so I'll start at the the end. Um, we read a book. Actually, you know what? I have to like look in my photo album because I can't remember what they're called. What I want to say is the Penguin book, the Dress book, yeah. and the Family book. Um, but <laughs> well, lots of our listeners will know exactly which books you mean yeah. from those descriptions. So one of them was called the Ten. Oh, there we go. Good. Okay, cool. So. What we started with was um, Who's Got a Normal Family? Who's Got a Normal Family? And that's by um, Belinda Noel. So what happened was before the event, um, Steffi um, Onassis, the other drag queen that had signed up for this gig, and I met with, um, I think, Chris from the library, and she'd selected a big stack of queer-themed or gender or you know diversity-themed children's books. Um, none of them were by uh, New Zealand authors, and we were like, Rrr. and Chris said, oh, you should put a challenge out to New Zealand authors, and I was like, okay, I guess I just did right then. Um, and we just kind of looked at them and, you know, made some jokes about how broken the children will be after I read to them. The walls of reality will come tumbling down, and <laughs> I'll be left adrift without a moral compass and a sea of ambiguity. That was my, that was the best outcome, I thought. Um, so we read Who's, Who's Got a Normal Family?, um, which was a, a cute story about um, the only thing that's normal is everyone is different, and there goes their moral compass right there. And then the next one was um, Morris Micklewhite and the Tangerine Dress by um, Isabella Melifant, and um, oh, and also Christine Baldacchino. <laughs> one of them did the pictures, um, and that was that was a little close to home with the Tangerine Dress because it was a little boy who liked a Tangerine Dress mm. and the. The other kids were real dicks about it. Like, there's one line where the boys are like, oh, we don't want you to sit next to us because you'll turn us into a girl. And I'm like, oh, I know, hurty feelings. I'm like, I'm relating to this one a little bit. It's pretty real. My mum had this grey, yellow um, summer dress with a sunflower print on it that I was really into when I was about six. (laughs) Yeah. And um, then they work out that, actually, um, he had the best spaceship. And they all lived happily ever after. Oh. And one of the girls wanted to borrow the dress, and he was like, you can have it when I'm done with it. I've heard that transvestites do have the best spaceships. Yeah, actually. I've heard that's, that's accurate. That's, um, that's definitely <coughs> a trope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, then my favourite one, because it was such a freaking feel-good, and also because um, it was parodied on Parks and Recreation in one episode, and I love Leslie Nope so much. Um, wow, Tangents called Antango Makes Three by um, Justin Richardson and Peter Parnell. And it's based on a true story about these two gay-as-hell penguins at the Central Park Zoo, and they love each other, and they want to swim together and cuddle together. And they're a bit dumb as well. And so, but they actually, that's just implied. The author doesn't. Okay. It's a children's book. We don't call penguins dumb in the public library. Um, but they built a little nest and sat on some <coughs> rocks like they were eggs. They try to hatch some rocks. And so the... Um, zoo guy was like, you should maybe have a real egg. And there was this other, like, um, like white trash penguin family that wasn't coping very well, and so he snatched up one of their eggs and gave this egg a bit of life with these gay penguins. And they totally <coughs> knew what to do, so they sat on the egg and they hatched the egg, and they called him Tango because it takes three to make a tango, and it was just a lovely feel-good story. 
So you, so you did three stories in I that time. I did three stories, yes. Now, I know um, two little friends of mine came along, so one was three and one was six, and they absolutely loved it, especially Yay. the three-year-old. He was just he just loved being read to, loved those stories, and loved you kind of, yeah. So it sounds like a really successful event. It's really hard to read those kids as well, because with an yeah. adult audience, there's a bit of eye contact and facial recognition, but children... <coughs> are basically like just drunks. They're just rolling around and their eyes are looking everywhere and they're making noises. So I just had no idea what was going on with those kids. But the librarian said I was engaging, so that's good. So you're back again next Saturday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come along. It's great. Um, So actually, by a very special um, surprise (coughs) is that um, Chaz Harris, who um, along with Adam Reynolds wrote uh, wrote Promised Land, which is a gay fairy story, um, which has received a lot of media recently because they ran a Kickstarter um, to fund the book, and it's a gay fairy story. And um, the library's got it on order, and it hasn't turned up yet, but um, Chaz says he'll drop a copy off to the public library tomorrow, so I'll be reading um, Promised Land, um, and because I'm fabulous, I've got a media preview of it so I can practice. Um, so I bought be before I do it. Fantastic. And Chaz and, is it Adam? Chaz and Adam? Yeah, Chaz and Adam. Yep. <coughs> I'm going to be at the, um, out in the Park Festival as well, excuse me, with this cough. Um, so you can come along there on 18th of March and meet them and see more about their book there as well. So that'd be great. Hmm. Now, could you introduce the track that you picked for us this evening while I quietly cough in the corner? But yeah, so which track did you pick for us this okay, evening? Okay. Um, I remember, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the long version so you can just hack up that left, left kidney girl, get it, shake that frog in your throat. <coughs> oh my God, she's got the consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was coming out and I was having a bad time with it, this nice gay man said to me, you know what, it's not easy being green, just like Kermit the Frog said. Um, and so this is a song by Kermit the Frog, um, The Rainbow Connection. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told and some choose to I know they're wrong, wait and see Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection The lovers, the dreamers, and me
I loved that. I haven't heard that before, actually. Perhaps everyone else has been listening to it, and, um, and uh, but I did not know that. It was great. Yay. Thank you for choosing that one. Um, yeah, that was, that, was, that was lovely. So um, I'm going to go home and listen to that again, I think. So for the last, we've got about just seven minutes of the show left, so it'll be great just to hear a bit more about, um, Jen in particular, you've got other shows that you're going to um, tell us about, and then just generally kind of what else is going on, because there's so much thing, so much happening in the programme over the next um, couple of weeks. But you've got your Drag King show as well that you were um, going to tell us a bit more about? Yeah, so that's on the 17th, which is uh, next Friday, 8pm, um, uh, The Fringe Bar, $15 pre-sales. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there might be some listeners that don't actually know what a Drag King is, should we talk about that? Yeah, go for um, it. Yeah, so it's called The Little Boys Room, a Drag King Cabaret. And uh, Drag King is a uh, f- tr- you know a female presenting person who cross-dresses as a man. Um, and they're wonderful and magical and uh, unfortunately um, have a bit of a representation problem compared to drag queens. We're not quite as identifiable or... Um, as popular just yet, but um, you know, doing drag for me um, is so rewarding, and the brotherhood I experience with other drag kings is just magical. And um, the show, particularly our Pride edition that we've we did it last year, yeah. both in Auckland Pride and Wellington Pride, actually, and um, it's it's just such a freaking riot. Um, you know, creating stage spots for queer performance artists that might not otherwise get it is just. The, the energy on those nights is magnificent. If you want to see some punk rock fucking cross-dressing. Oh, my goodness, I'm not allowed to swear. Um, uh, uh, yeah, head along. So the 17th on Friday. So what's your logic about um, so why it's not such high profile then? I mean, I'm sure there's lots of kind of common sense reasons. I mean, you would have thought a lot about it. What's your, what's your kind of thoughts about that? Yeah, probably like lol sexism. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, there's either social disincentives to do it because of, um, the way we expect, uh, women to dress, um, and, um, also sort of professional disincentives in that, um, you know, getting those stage slots and being recognized as an artist and that our artistry is just as transformative and interesting and entertaining as that of drag queens or, um, other whatever else comes under the spectrum of drag performance art, um, it's a bit tricky and I don't think you will, you know, it's sometimes Laquisha's sort of looking at me and I'm like, sometimes it's kind of difficult to, to talk about it because, um, if you're, because gay men just have, have that visibility without even thinking about it. Um, and so we kind of got to fight a little bit. So come along and support, um, queer women doing awesome uh, performance art, do it. Because actually you've been, uh, pro- possibly as an individual or a group, been very successful at raising the profile. I mean, I think just as a member of the community, kind of, you know. An or as a girl. Facebook friend. <laughs> or as a Facebook friend. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, but, but raising the profile and getting more um, performances, more, you know, more show, more visibility out there. Yeah, well, I I'm not sure about that, but okay. I'm not. Well, no, 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 but yeah, because you're going to be modest, but or but <laughs> um, uh, it's me being a drag king. It's mm. the most fun I've ever had doing anything. Okay, and r- running shows comes from a very selfish perspective in many ways because it's like this is fun. Other people should have this fun. This is how it should should feel. Um, but yeah, we've experienced experienced this resurgence in New Zealand in mm. in in drag but also in the number and the visibility of drag kings so um we had um the first national drag king competition in a long time in Auckland this year and um and we're seeing little little talented faces popping up all over the show little talented hairy faces you know uh, lots of new drag kings, um, and it makes me very, very, very happy. Yeah, because everyone should have a creative outlet, you know. Yeah, well, fantastic. Well, it looks like you're doing some some fantastic work, and um, yeah, certainly kind of really moving that forward. So, so that's that's fantastic and great that you're able to do that as part of the Pride Week as well. Yeah, and let's do a shout out to the Wellington Pride <clears throat> organisers because this job is like madness, you know, collating all this information and liaising with so many people. And in many ways, it's you know. It's community work. It's in many ways very thankless work. So I have a lot of respect for them. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, and I think the thing that they kind of keep hold of is it trying to be a community event, which is why, you know, like at the beginning of the show, we mentioned that actually everything in the program is 
apart from the, the the main events of Pride, the big events like out in the out in the park, which has been running for many many years and and does has become you know like the annual focus of it. But everything else is organised by. Um, people in the community and that's why there's such a lovely range of things but and then the committee work hard to just try and pull that together and keep it as diverse as possible and encourage as many people as possible to put things on whatever it might be just to just get it in there so that there's activities and people meeting and talking and, and so on but it being just community, community. Yeah. yeah yeah um as an an unaffiliated individual i can say these things but honestly having been to auckland pride i i worship the opportunity to be a part of Wellington Pride. It's it's wonderful when you can really sense the heart in it than perhaps more the more corporate affairs that happen in the big smoke. Mm. And, and and as someone who's been involved a bit with the committee and helping them out, um, it, I know that that's what they keep at their core, really, of, of a lot of the work that they do. So they'll be pleased to hear that. Yeah. Anything else you guys might get to during the festival? Uh... Uh, my bid. Planning yeah. to get to my bed. Um, uh, no, there. obviously uh, out in the park and yeah, the after might party. Yeah, out in the park. Yeah. yeah. God, yes. God, yes. And the parade, like that whole day is the just. The parade this year has um, is it has stepped up again. You know, because mm-hmm. I know that the the parade was reset up a few years ago and has and was a, you know a walking parade and it's just it, it's gathered momentum over the past few years and this year it's a it's a bigger event again. So that should be fantastic. Yeah. So the um the theme is be your best fantasy. Um, I don't know what my best fantasy is. Um, I, I will contemplate it. It's probably you're living look, it, darling. You're yeah, living it. Yeah, that's right. It'll probably um, involve the colour blue because I'll be marching with my employee and said, "Hey, um, yes, my fantasy involves blue." But it's going to be um, we're going to be on the street. We're going to take over um, Cambridge Terrace and uh, walk down the street and stop traffic. And I think we're going down Courtney Place. Yeah, I believe right? there's a bit of Courtney Place yeah. in the route and then down oh. down to the park. Yeah, yep. and there's going to be like a little VIP situation on the balcony of the Paramount Theatre and it'll be very... Um, I, I mean, I haven't seen anything like that in Wellington ever. Because, I mean, when this... Uh, I remember when I first started going to um, out in the... What was it called? Out in the square before that. Was it the Newtown Festival? It was a Newtown. It was like at the Newtown Primary School. Yeah. It was this real low key, and it'd be, I mean, you know, a lot of the same events. We're still judging people's dogs every year. That's a a stay of that event. It's a queer tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get judgy on your dogs. And then you'd like see your ex who just bought your ironing board that you'd sold in the white elephant sale, and you'd be like, oh, <laughs> full on Wellington. This is small. <laughs> Do you know what? And really, we've, um, we're actually down to our last kind of 30 seconds. That's gone really quick. So is there anything else you would like to make sure that you've just got in there at the last minute before we, before we go off air? We should talk about the youth ball. Youth ball. Youth and ball. if you're not young, buy a ticket for a young person. Yeah, or volunteer. There's um, there's volunteering as well for those who are not used. Thank you so much for you guys for giving your time and coming in tonight and everything that you're doing during the festival. And we can't wait to see more. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks, New Zealand on air, for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.